0: Races powered by the Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio, on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. Here's Nick Hahn.
1: What do you say now? Good morning. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. The this Saturday being the five-year, actually to the date, the five-year anniversary of American Pharaoh's triple crown winning performance in the Belmont Stakes, as you heard in the very opening of the show. I'm your host, Nick Hawn, a very busy show today, and we're going to do a few things on Off to the Races that you might expect. We're going to gamble a little bit today and hope everything turns out okay with some of the uh, production and some of the guests that we have lined up. We have Steve Bitt coming on in Mirror moments, host of At the Races, nationally syndicated on XM Radio, Sirius Radio, national host of uh, daily morning horse racing radio show. And we also have Trevor McCarthy from Maryland joining us in about a half hour. And I'm not going to jinx it by handing it out, but we may have a very special guest here in about 10 minutes. We'll just kind of see how that goes. Also on today's show, it's Santa Anita Derby Day. Some Derby points on the line for the feature race at the Great Race Place. Also, to, lots of plenty, lots of stakes racing action across the country as well. Churchill Downs, Laurel came back to racing last week. Belmont Park, you heard. Uh, some New York Billy Joel in the opening to the show in honor of New, uh, Belmont Park returning racing to New York and they certainly deserve it in New York but want to um, in light of that let's, um, let's reach out and maybe take a listen to the opening race at Belmont Park he's in the starting gate
2: and as they open up, we can finally say they are off and running at New York's Belmont Park. And Killmark Knock is the first horse out, and uh, Lost in Rome is there on the outside. Wisecrack is now moving up, so it's Kilmark Knock, Wisecrack, and Star of the West gaining ground down at the rail. Topaso
1: has now moved into fourth. And that's John Embriel. You're listening to him call the first race. You could hear how excited he was in the feed. It typically would be Belmont Stakes Day today, but now the Belmont Stakes is going to be held June 20th at Belmont Park. But congratulations on the return. The Belmont Stakes would have tis the law. Charlton, Maxfield, modernist amongst the twelve that are headed to the uh, gate possibly for the Belmont Stakes. Nevertheless, it was exciting to hear John Embryo call the first race in New York's return to racing.
2: On Killmark Knock. lost in Rome is next in third. And on the outside, Cobble Hill is putting in a late run. But as they come through the stretch, it is now official, New York sports is back. And beautiful Belmont Park is back. Star of the West wins the 2020
3: opener.
1: Star of the West with the winning opener at Belmont Park. I heard this week that it i think this is true the only professional sport happening in new york state at the moment so uh, congratulations to new york and to provide a little bit of insight to racing in new york and across the country we'd like to bring in steve bick host of at the races steve thanks for joining us on off to the races this morning
2: nick uh, good morning
1: it was a long time coming, but spring racing returns to New York, and uh, it began with Star of the West, and it almost has like a Saratoga feel to this Belmont stakes season this spring with uh, stakes race nearly every day on the card. Um, tell us a little bit, located up there at Saratoga, close to Saratoga, New York, uh, tell us a little bit about the state of racing in New York and, and what this means to New York racing and, and also national racing.
2: Well, obviously with the pandemic uh, having its epicenter
4: in New York, yeah.
2: it, Racing was going to be a a low priority in terms of you know coming back and and getting started and you know, the ten weeks or however long it was that we were on hiatus I, it was hard it was hard on you know particularly the outfits that spend the entire winter in New York and essentially rely on the Aqueduct action to get them through and you know as somebody that operates a small stable you know it, treaded water for you know the entire time, and you still got to pay bills. It's still a hundred dollars a day to take care of the horses, uh, but no prospect of you know bringing anything back in against it. Uh, so you got to applaud the owners, their patience, their understanding, and you know. Meanwhile, the you know the horse players they had some other things to occupy their time and their attention, uh, but getting back started uh, just in time, really, you know, to get. You uh, to get people uh, back uh, into the swing of things uh, across the country, it's working uh, off to a good start. These first three days in New York, including yesterday with a big pick five carryover, uh, today a force out in their Empire Six uh, jackpot uh, bet, uh, terrific uh, stakes card today, four graded stakes. Two weeks away from you know the newfangled Belmont, uh, it's just it's just great to be up and running. And uh, you know, we ran almost yesterday. Finished a very good second in that second race, so that uh, lifted the spirits of our partners. Uh, I think everybody across the country uh, is appreciative of how well the industry weathered this pandemic storm. Uh, it's pretty remarkable, actually, Nick. To me, uh, how you know how racing was setting an example in terms of protocols, uh, and uh, you know, I would have I would have thought there would have been more recognition. Uh, from, you know, mainstream sports press. We got a little, but uh, not really enough, frankly. But, you know, we're in this uh, sport at this point, and so be it. Uh, it's just great to be up and running.
1: So many uh, do have a greater appreciation of racing, and in the void of professional sports has, has allowed a little bit more visibility Visibility on the sport. Uh, how, do, how does racing kind of take advantage of this? Uh, maintain some of the mo- momentum that maybe a little added visibility has created.
2: I think you can only you can only hope uh, and work to keep anybody that was engaged during you know these couple of months. Uh, call them disfranchised, disenfranchised sports bettors, for instance, you you did see an uptick in advanced deposit wagering accounts, you know, people opening accounts. And I, I don't know how much retention there's going to be. You know, the, there's some systemic issues, of course, with, you know, the structure of the game in terms of the cost of bets. Takeout is too high. Uh when all of the racetracks are operating, uh, you know, we have probably a little too much racing going on at one time. The field size impacts betting options and betting opportunities. Uh, so, you know, there are some problems that even if we were to have captured the interest of some new faces, some new potential players, I, it, it's hard to retain them. Uh, the industry struggles with this. You know, I, Year in, year out. I mean, this has been the issue. But it's not so much that the product, uh, you know, can't get people's attention and interest. Uh, The problem is that, you know, the wagering side of it is complex. Uh, People have to be patient, they have to work at it. Uh, And that's as big of a challenge as anything. And the cost structure of wagering, the high takeout, you know, that reduces churn, it takes money out of the player's hands much faster than, you know, than it potentially could if we were to structure better. Uh, but uh, I think the biggest obstacle is that people come in, they try it, they get beat, they lose, they really don't work at, at trying to understand the game and learn how to handicap and, and learn its nuances. I mean, we this is a complex, complex sport when you compare it to the other sports betting you know opportunities out there where people think they already know uh, everything they need to know about football or basketball, hockey, baseball, golf, NASCAR. You know they think that oh I I understand those sports I I, I could bet I could I'll put a parlay together no problem. I, I think those people are in for a big surprise long term because uh, sports betting uh, is is awfully difficult and it's got a low margin. Our game its biggest advantages you can bet a little and make a lot. And that's what needs to be
1: driven home. You're listening to Off to the Races this Saturday morning, uh, talking with Steve Bick, the reigning Old Hilltop Award winner, and with the Preakness being moved, we'll have the record as being the uh, longest holder of that award. Uh, gets to hold that title for about 18 months this year with the uh, turn back of, of the Preakness. It's the fifth anniversary to the date of American Pharaoh's win in the Triple Crown at Belmont Park, um, want to maybe go back to that to that moment and and f- get your thoughts about the impact of that moment itself on the game and and just your thoughts of that day of American Pharaoh's Triple Crown win. That's
2: a nice. Uh, that, that's a nice uh, invitation, Nick. Uh, and I didn't realize it was the. Uh, it was a uh, June sixth. Uh, Belmont, it, it was it was remarkable. Uh, it, it, it was indescribable in in a lot of ways, and not because I I personally didn't think it could be accomplished. Uh, I had expected you know a number of horses over the years in my you know in the time that I've been interested in the game, uh, which goes to the late seventies. Uh, I I knew somebody would do it. I knew there was a horse that would come along. It, having seen so many Belmonts end in defeat for the you know the horse attempting to sweep, you did get a little bit—I don't know—galvanized uh, with the with the thought that it, it you know it wouldn't happen. When we got to the three-week interval after the Preakness, after Pharaoh's Preakness, it, it just was pretty clear that stylistically he was the kind of horse that was uniquely suited to to winning the Belmont. Almost all the Triple Crown winners, even, even Whirlaway, who was a deep closer, even Whirlaway went to the front, took control of the race, and dictated terms and and won the belmont and you you could easily envision american pharaoh doing that and, and there was also the difference involved here with with bafford you know that time around because bafford had come to understand that you couldn't you couldn't get through and sweep the triple crown if you didn't lean on your candidate between the Preakness and the Belmont, there there had been you know kind of a long-standing thought that oh we you know you got to kind of uh, go light with them, and in fact the, the actual reality has been and and Art Sherman talked about this too with with California Chrome that it was important you know to you know keep the you know the foot on the pedal. Uh, for no other you know better term and and you know keep you know keep putting fitness and and you know keeping the edge on the horse. Uh, and that really proved out. and i I could just, you know I I, I enjoyed the justify win as much because it was so interesting, you know what he accomplished, but you know, watching American Pharaoh win, and being there for the reaction to it after so many disappointments, particularly Smarty Jones, who was another horse that really seemed ideally suited to win, and and the fact that he you know looked so likely to win at the top of the stretch after all those disappointments to, to feel that crowd and and the the euphoria involved is that you know, that's something that race fans and horse players uh, sports fans of any ilk it's one of those dream moments and uh, it you know it's something that uh you know that, that is so special at the time and and I actually inadvertently ended up uh I ended up actually in the winner's circle right behind Farrell, when they when they brought him in and and watching that scene unfold and and being in the photograph uh, inadvertently that's as much a memory as anything, because here he was surrounded. he have never seen the pictures. It, it, the horse was completely surrounded by a, a sea of humanity going crazy, and his unique personality—the fact that that you could take a horse like that that had just run a mile and a half—and that he was so docile and not a threat to lashing out or kicking out or injuring anybody—is it, it, that. It was something that, to me, was as amazing as the performance itself and the accomplishment of sweeping the crown. Uh, and I'll send you a picture, Nick. You could put it up yes. uh, on your feed. It, it it's just incredible uh, the way he just stood there, and yeah. You know, then, of course, Baffert the next morning. I mean, let media, you know, let fifty members of the media, you know, crowd around him. I mean, he, he, he just an amazing special horse that you know was exactly what the doctor ordered in terms of uh, ending the, the long drought without a triple crown winner.
1: Well, uh, yeah, certainly a memorable moment, and uh, Steve, we want to thank you for being on Off to the Races this morning. You can maybe appreciate where I'm sitting, because We have Victor Espinoza, who was in the center of all of that on the phone at the moment. So uh, we want to go to Victor, but, Steve, we appreciate you coming on off to the races this morning and look forward to listening to your coverage through the Triple Crown. SteveBick.com is where you can get the feed. Also on Sirius 219 and XM201, the show (laughs) runs 9 to 12 during weekdays with a replay six to nine, I find it a very valuable resource. Steve, thanks for joining us on off to the races. Nick, thanks so
2: much for having me.
1: And, uh, Great, Steve Bick on off to the races. Want to turn to off to, to uh, want to turn to Victor Espinoza who joins us on a very busy day out at Santa Anita today with a Santa Anita Derby and a Hollywood Gold Cup. Victor has races in both. And Victor, thanks for joining us on off to the races. The five year anniversary of American Pharoah's Triple Crown winning moment, and I know it's a day you'll never forget. So Many of us won't. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning.
5: Yeah, good
1: morning. You're welcome. Uh, Victor, I want to go back to that day and that big moment. You had ridden California Chrome to nearly the Triple Crown the year before, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, on... you know American Pharaoh, what that moment meant to you and and you heard a little bit about from Steve bick uh earlier about the nature of the horse and the character of the the horse how he he accepted crowds um very generously tell us tell us a little bit about that day what you remember
5: well me i i i remember everything <laughs> <laughs> i mean those moments you can never forget about them, right because uh you know, there was just a special day for me and for many others that really they were there and watching the uh, the Triple Crown when American Fur win. But um yeah, he was um he was so professional. He he's a, he was a pro. Um he not he really nothing nothing really bothers him around. You know, like, like you, you know, like I hear that when, when, when I went and and everyone who was in the winner's circle, here, he really don't care about it. so many people. We, re- we re- around him so close. Um, at that moment, probably he only cared about drinking water and you know, you know going to the stall and eat some food. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that it's certainly the, the type of horse uh that he was and, and during that time uh regular on the show here, Mike Brown reminded me you, you you donated many of those um earnings, the winnings from the Triple Crown to the City of Hope Foundation. Uh you know, what 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 motivated did you to do that? It motivated me to like see those,
5: you know, kids they have cancer. Victor? Oh. Um. Yeah. It motivated me to like see those kids. They have cancer. I mean, see kids for like five or six years old. They're, it's just horrible. It's just horrible thing that they, 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 this disease, uh, um, have those kids that are going through that. And for that reason, I just you know to decide there. You know, if you, if I win the the Triple Crown, I I would donate all my earnings to the city of Hope.
1: Yeah, um, certainly great that you, that you did that. Want to talk a little bit about the uh, the it, it, and very very generation today at San Anita. The uh, Santa Anita Derby is today. Uh, you got two big races on the card today um, <laughs> with Anno Dorr, a 15-1 shot in the Santa Anita Derby, and then midcourt two races later in a very tough field, even though it only has six horses in the Hollywood Gold Cup. Let's let's take the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, tell us what you know about and Adore, it's going to be your first time on this horse racing. Uh, for uh, This is a horse trained by uh, Blaine Wright. Uh, tell us a little bit about your entry in the Santa Anita Derby.
5: Yeah, I think the horse that I ride in Santa Anita Derby is,
6: you know, um,
5: he likes Santa Anita. He he runs, uh, I think, one of his best races in Santa Anita. Um, I, oh, no, like you say, it's a tough race, but... You never know, I mean, I always think you will have a shot if you have a horse in the race, so I feel like I have a shot in there. <laughs> the only time I don't you know tell you that I don't have a shot is when I don't have a horse in the race, so uh oh no he's he's a tough race, like you said, but um, anything can happen, you know, certainly, I had to use my my skills and and a little bit to see if I can improve the horse a little bit more and and see if he can run. Better than where the way he's been running and 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 all his races. So I I am, you know, this big races, I'm shooting to win.
1: Seven horse field in the uh, Santa Anita Derby. Uh, before we get to the Hollywood Gold Cup, maybe a, a thought about the Triple Crown. Uh, what do you think? Um you know, uh, chances are, you know, you're positioning uh, for races in the Triple Crown, All as different as it is with the Belmont, the Derby, the Preakness being run in that order this year. Uh, any any thoughts or sights on your Triple Crown mounts maybe for this year?
5: Well, there's a time when everybody gets getting a little bit, I mean, getting excited. Uh, because that's the beginning of the Triple Crown, the horses, they start running. There's still time, one or two more races for the triple crown that are qualified. Um, as of right now, I don't, you know, have any anyone is specific and anyone is special. But you know, always always have a hope and always have a time. You know, is the only time I don't I can tell you that I don't, you know, have a uh, a shot to win or have horses to win uh, to ride is when, you know. Basically, a day the entries for the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> but before that, I I always believe there there is a chance to have a horse and 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 for going for the for the Triple Crown. That's a little bit you know higher, but
1: anything can happen from now on to the to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, certainly the case, and, and certainly looking forward to you uh, racing in the Triple Crown. We know, we know you're going to be riding in it, just don't know who at the moment. Uh, the Hollywood Gold Cup, normally two to one could be the morning line favorite, but in this field of six, uh, you have Midcourt, which is your mount, and you have Improbable, both at 2-1, to one, and you have Higher Power, who is actually the favorite at 9-5. This is going to be a very tough six-horse race. Uh, you've become very familiar with uh, Midcourt. Uh, last start was a little bit less than what you wanted to, but maybe tell us a little bit about Midcourt's last start and, and his chances today in the Gold Cup.
5: Uh, midcourt is a little bit difficult horse. Um, he, he want to, he run his own, his own race. He want to do his own thing. Um, uh, for me, I, you know, sometimes, uh, there I can, I, I want to ride it one way, but he wants to run a different way. <laughs> so I had to, I had to go whatever he like, whatever he likes, whatever he wants to run. Um it, it, it is difficult because you can I can't really like even you know study the race or or have a plan with him because who knows if he if he decides to run. I mean I I, I've, I wrote it before in, in, in Delmar, first time first time when I wrote him. He broke slow the gate, he don't really want to go, it's only he decides to run in the half mile and, and I, I was like far, far back. And he, you know, basically he come back and win the race. Now the, the next time that I ride him, I thought it was gonna be the same thing. I thought he was gonna do the same thing, you know. And and next thing you know, he broke out of the gate running, and he was run. He went to the front, and he won wire to wire. <laughs> so uh, it's one of those things that, like right now in the Gold Cup, um, you all know it's like all short field, like you say, but. You know, is, is 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 for me is it's a little bit difficult to say how he's gonna you know, run or how he's gonna perform. But if he decides to run, he will be really tough I mean anything can like I say, if he if he decides to run he's right. He'll win. But it's gonna be after him <laughs> and, and and also depends how he you know decides to run, maybe he breaks running and maybe he goes to the front, maybe he decides not to break that great, and he decides to run from behind if he does the case, it's gonna to be tough for him to win because I know is is couple of speeds in there, I think um like high power the horse if he if he breaks running and he goes to the front slope and the slow pace it's gonna to be tough to beat him. Um, but if it's fast paced, maybe I will have a shot. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, so it it is, it's one of those things that like we, I, for me, I had to ride like the way midcourt wants to run.
1: How about the the mile and a quarter today uh do you think that's uh he's passed all the tests at a mile a mile and a 16th mile and an eighth um you know mile and a quarter that's that's a big step up right that 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 completes uh all the distance questions right he's one at every other distance
5: yes um you know i like it better mile and a quarter um I think he's kind of, he's better in, 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 in that distance, and, 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 and because the only reason I say that is because the way he the, the way he, he, he his style, the way he runs, um, I know sometimes he 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 breaks slow. He don't want to go really, you know, that he don't want to use that much energy early. Which is going which is better for him now in mile and a quarter than going mountain and a mountain mo or oh, mile and a sixteen. the pace is a little bit faster, so he's he can be a little bit farther the back, but in mile and a quarter, I think he has a chance to get his rhythm and earlier and uh, during the race if he decides not to go with them that quick, so I really do like mile and a quarter better for him.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll be looking for that today. And, Victor, uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with us on this uh, Saturday morning here in Virginia. We appreciate We knew you were up. We just didn't know if you were riding this morning. But uh, thanks for spending time with us. And uh, Victor Espinoza, Triple Crown winning jockey. On American Pharaoh, also rode California Chrome, War Emblem, a Kentucky Derby winner, and a horse we love here in Virginia very much, a Stellar Wind, who was at one time the premier uh, three or filly across the country, best female horse racing. Victor, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. All right, there you go. We're going to send out there Victor Espinoza. It's been a very busy. Hey, we're two for two on our gambles this morning. Maybe it's our lucky day uh, on Off to the Races. We're going to head to our break here. When we come back, Trevor McCarthy, who had a very good opening week at Laurel, was as Laurel returned to racing last week, Maryland uh, coming into the racing pool. Uh, He'll join us after the break on Off to the Races.
0: Will the boys of summer ever take the field? If they do, what field will they take? How and when will baseball return? Get the latest news, rumors, and inside work on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
6: This week, Crime Stoppers needs the public's help in solving a homicide that occurred in the city of Richmond. On August twenty fifth, 2018, just before 9 p.m., Richmond police responded to the 4,000 block of Hall Street for a report of a female shot inside her car. The officers located Krissa Henderson-Burris inside her vehicle. She was transported to a local hospital where she later died from her injuries. Investigators have learned several people that were inside a sedan fired multiple times into her vehicle, then fled the scene. Investigators have received information but need additional information to make an arrest. If you have information about this or any unsolved crime or fugitive one at the Metro Richmond area, call Crime Stoppers at 780-1000 or submit your tip through the P3 Tips app. The app is available for download to your mobile device. Both methods are anonymous and you could receive a cash award up to $1,000. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and remember, we don't have to know who you are to know who they are. I'm Detective Derek Longoria, of the Metro Richmond Crime Stoppers, and this is your crime of the week.
2: Oh, oh, oh.
0: Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get up to a $15 gift card after mail-in rebate when you purchase select SuperStart batteries. With high cranking power and reserve capacity, SuperStart batteries provide all the power your vehicle demands and more. Turn the key with confidence. SuperStart batteries only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices
1: every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: The weather's nice and you're thinking, I've had it up to here with being cooped up in the house. Then get yourself out and take us along. If you've got your phone, you've got us. Listen to our live stream at ESPNRichmond.com. If you could run this.
1: And we're back live on Off to the Races. Sun is out. It's been stormy this late part of the week. A couple of even power issues here in the uh, Advance Mills studio on Piney Mountain here. But uh, coming, coming through it all, the sun's out, and we're going to have a, a great day. I mean, now we got our choice of racing. We got Santa Anita. We got Churchill Downs. We got Belmont Park. We got Laurel. We got Trevor McCarthy, who had a great beginning to the week here and um, bringing him on now and Off to the Races. Trevor, uh, thanks for spending some of your Saturday morning with us.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, Trevor, um, it's great to have racing back at Laurel Park. It certainly has been a testing spring for everybody in the racing industry, but racing has continued to move forward and uh, wanted just after, it's probably a little atypical for, uh, for you to be off for two and a half months. Uh, in the interim, what did you do through uh, through this phase and how happy were you to have, have racing return?
3: You know, during the uh, whole coronavirus uh, break, I stayed pretty busy. I did a lot of work around my house. Um, I was able to do some things that you know, I I didn't have the time for so a lot of painting, a lot of yard work. Um, you know, just try to keep mentally busy. Um, you know, more gearing up for when I go back to racing to kinda of prepare myself, uh, working out and just staying fit. So um, you know, we're we're really privileged to have back racing uh here in Maryland. Um, we're just so uh, grateful and Um, You know, I couldn't be more happier. Everything's going really smooth. Management and the Strana group has done a a great job for us jockeys to keep everybody safe um, and keep everybody healthy at the same time over there at at Laurel. And uh, I can't thank them enough.
1: So, uh, of those four winners that you had early in the week, you had three winners in a single day. I want to say that was on Monday. I want to play a little bit of a clip here of of Dave Rodman uh, bringing uh, one of you, bringing one of the winners home here at a race. I think it was a second race on the card on Monday. Chicken Dinner to the final furlong has the lead now from Bayork second out of the center of the track is tough and buff in third data princess fighting on gamely in between horses from fourth with a 16th of a mile left to go Trevor McCarthy on Chicken Dinner is a winner winner Chicken Dinner to win it by two and a half <laughs> winner winner Chicken
2: Dinner
1: Even the guys at Tim Cut the Tim Cup were happy from you had fans in West Texas uh, with that winner uh, you know it was your forty-third win of the season. You're you're approaching a uh, fifty million dollars in earnings. One point five coming this year. Uh, that's that's you're in the prime of your career right now, racing at Laurel. Uh, uh, I know that you were happy to have racing come back, but but. You know, tell us about you know your point in this career. You rode in the Preakness of, of at least once with Bata Staffa back in 2015. You know, where, tell us about where you are in your head right now with your career.
3: Um, I'm very happy uh, in my career as of uh, my life as well. Um, you know, every, I just try and work hard every day, every morning. Keep riding. Try and stay healthy and. Try and treat myself as an athlete, and um, you know, really take everything day by day and, and go out there and do the best I can. Uh, you know, I have great family support. Um, I have great support at home from my fiance, who actually rides as well and knows all the ups and downs of being a jockey. Who she also comes from a um, racing family too, as her father was a jockey. So um, I just have so much um, back support and um, you know I have a really good work ethic and you know I just I keep trying to better myself every day and and just go out there and and push myself and do the best I can and I'm just very happy with the way everything's going and you know I have to give a lot of credit to my agent Scott Silver who we've been together for a long time now Um, so he's done a tremendous job with my career and I can't thank him enough either.
1: Owners Will be allowed to return to the racetrack beginning next week, uh, provided there is no spike in the ongoing pandemic here. Uh, showing a sign as that. Racing could be returning to a no- more normal uh, circumstance, um, so you got to be excited. Maybe about it, it must be a little odd racing without fans, but um, certainly have to be excited about that. You mentioned your family. Uh, your father, Michael McCarthy, was a leading rider and actually has two entries and a pretty good chance in the Santa Anita Derby today with Rushy and and kind of measuring your totals right now is talking about the prime of your career. You're about at the halfway point of his career numbers right now. So you're kind of moving moving in there but um you know tell us I'm sure you're going to watch the Santa Anita Derby today uh, as the race goes off around 7:10 but uh you know the influence that your dad had on your life.
3: So I got to I got to say one thing that uh it's a very misconception um that people get, and um that Mike McCarthy in California uh we are not related, he has the same name as my father, um but that is not my father, and uh we have no relations there, uh so everybody kind of gets that mixed up, but um, I do root for that guy, I think he's a great guy we have met before, um but he is not my father, so um it's funny how people kind of get that mixed up. <laughs>
1: that that's on me but but your dad was a jockey though right that I'm yeah, am I so thinking? My,
3: my father he he rode um Delaware he rode for 22 years and he rode uh, finger Lakes, and he rode at Delaware for a long time uh, and he did train for a little while I would say about eight years and he kind of hung that up I would say about 10 years ago he stopped training and uh, he became an agent and then um he stopped being an agent now he works for a friend of his company in florida so um people kind of get that mixed up but that's funny <laughs>
1: yeah no that's a that's a foul on me i own that one that, yeah go go to the line and shoot two free throws you know because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, that's her... <laughs> uh, it
3: was funny when he uh, when he won the pegasus everybody was touching them. congratulations so he kind of let everybody go with it. He was telling everybody, oh, thanks so much, thanks so much. And, and they'd text back, man, we're so happy for you. And he goes, yeah,
1: well, it's really not me. I, where this mistake comes from in part, i got to go back and re- I read a story this morning, and that's where I put the connection together. So, yeah, maybe it's it's even more than me. But, um, yeah, um, sorry about that. But, yeah. Uh, th- 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 with with the racing that ha- that is happening at Laurel Park today, uh, you know, just just your thoughts, maybe racing in, in front of fans, and just what you look forward to f- through the uh, spring and summer.
3: I'm really looking forward to uh, traveling again. You know, going to different racetracks, uh, shipping in for some stakes and stuff like that. Getting the stakes program back up and going. Um, you know, for the fans, it's always nice. Uh, to have the fans out there, all their support, and you know it'll be a little weird this summer, um you know, shipping into Saratoga, as rumor has it they uh they might not have fans this summer, so uh going to a place like that, you know you always you always like being there because it 's just such a big place, and there's so many people and it 's a nice place to be, but uh that's kind of disappointing to hear, you know, so uh hopefully everything will kind of get back to normal as soon as we can and You know, the racetracks are just doing the best they can to keep everybody safe, which is great.
1: Great. Well, Trevor, thanks for spending some time with us on Off to the Races this morning. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck today. We'll be watching as you race at Laurel.
3: Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Great. Trevor McCarthy. Geez, I was on a roll, too. Two for two on some of the technical issues, and then I uh, I goofed that up. How about that? But we're going to go to break, try and gather ourselves uh, just in time for Mike Barone and Derby Bill Watson, who will join us as we pick the ponies on some of this great racing action from across the country. You're listening to Off to the Races on Racing Biz Radio. Hey, it's Bob Black. Hope the
0: weekend's going great for you. Monday on the sports title, we'll recap the Atlanta NASCAR race. Next for up is golf, the PGA event, the Colonial down in Texas. This week, we'll preview it with the Golf Channel's Steve Sands. Monday at 8, 5, ESPN. VirginiaHorseRacing.com. Across Virginia, from the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley, from the summer thoroughbred season at Colonial Downs in New Kent to the fall harness meet at Shenandoah Downs in Woodstock, From steeplechase meets like the Virginia Gold Cup at Great Meadow or Foxfield or Middleburg or Montpelier to -to point-to-point race action on virginiahorseracing.com. Find them on Facebook. It's a great resource. In addition to live races, Virginia residents can wager horse racing online seven days a week via four Virginia Racing Commission-approved industry partner sites. tvg.com, expressbet.com twinspires.com and NYRABets.com. Find out more at virginiahorseracing.com
5: Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue is open and ready to help with a full menu of beef brisket, baby back spare ribs, juicy chicken, pulled pork sandwiches and all the signature side dishes Buzz is famous for. Just give Buzz and Ned's a call and have your order ready to pick up with curbside service at the West End location or express window service on the boulevard. Open 11:30 to 2:30 for lunch and 4:30 to 8:30 for dinner. Available for takeout or delivered to your door through Grubhub. Visit Buzz's Facebook page or online at buzzandneds.com and get some barbecue relief today.
0: At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. When it comes to local sports talk and the most play-by-play, we're the Undisputed Champion. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: Yeah, Trevor McCarthy made both of those free throws, by the way. My foul there on... uh, on the relation. I, I did check it at least one source, but should have checked two as it goes in journalism. Thanks for spending some time with us on Off to the Races this morning. want to bring you a little, very busy first half of the show, so I want to bring you a little bit of racing news out of Virginia here before we get to Derby Bill and Mike Barone, who will uh, be handicapping, starting off with the Santa Anita Derby. Colonial Downs, as we reported last week, has uh, changed their racing dates. Uh, they're going to their race days will be earlier in the week with a 5.30 post time. This is uh, off of the virginiahorseracing.com website um, that we you heard during the break. But Colonial's opening day now will be uh, July 27th with the Virginia Derby being September 1st. Um, So that will actually be just days ahead of the Kentucky Derby. So look for Colonial to have some promotions uh, connecting the Virginia Derby to the Kentucky Derby. Purse levels will be dropped. Everything, as we uh, discussed last week, as part of the proposal, appears to be uh, in the finishing stages here. Live racing returns to the Commonwealth without fans. Next week, the Middleburg races. Daryl Wood will be up there uh, for those races. So we'll have a report from Middleburg, from Daryl, next week uh, on Off to the Races. Also... Uh, Frank Vespey will return next week. We haven't really talked that much to Frank, and uh, he has been undergoing some cancer treatment over the course of the last two months or so. Uh, He... um, it's never done till it's done, but he's in good voice. Uh, we're concerned, but not scared. And um, excited to hear from Frank Vespi next week, uh, the proprietor of the racingbiz.com. And talk to him this week, and he's excited to come back. And we certainly look forward to that. Also, on a sadder note, though, um, Doug McCoy a contributor to the racing biz who regularly did the charts up at delaware park park and um just a, a good fan of racing um passed away this week um learned that um this morning but uh, passed away earlier this week and we certainly are disappointed about that uh, got the talk and work around Doug a few times uh, on visits up to Delaware Park, and it's certainly a loss for Mid-Atlantic Racing uh, coverage, and we're um, sorry to learn about that. So, uh, um, again, our our condolences to his family. want to bring in Derby Bill and Mike Barone, who have been handicapping the Santa Anita Derby and all the other racing action. Great day of racing across the country. let's start out with the Santa anita derby and let's start out with uh, mike barone mike you you heard a little bit from victor espinoza about the race today you can't count him out at 15 to 1 he feels he has a shot uh wanted to get your thoughts on the san anita derby and and welcome to the show All
7: right, thank you nick and just real quick i just wanted to shout out to, to frank Fespe and the uh, Glad to hear that good news about Frank, and just if he's listening, Frank, stay strong, and we're uh, we're all thinking about you and praying for you. With respect to the Santa Anita Derby, uh, obviously Bob Baffert has the uh, another one of his superstar three-year-olds, Authentic, will be the time favorite. He's four to five on the morning line. Authentic, a horse that uh, he likes. He likes to go right out to the lead there. But, you know, it, it's funny that another horse in the race, the three-horse Shooter shoot. if there's going to be an upset in this Santa Anita Derby, this is, I think, the only horse that could upset the, the two stars. Shooter Shoot is a horse that appears on paper to be a little bit quicker than Authentic out of the starting gate. So I, I think Shooter Shoot go into the lead, but that might set it up perfectly for Authentic to sit just off him. And then, of course, uh, Mike Smith will be on, on our AP. Honor AP will try to run down both of them. But uh, to me, it's either shoot or shoot, wire to wire, or authentic uh, authentic passes him and, and takes it easily
1: authentic four to five in the morning line there derby bill joining us on off to the races uh he is not only the heavyweight of handicapping he's the sumu champion of handicapping and joins us on off to the races give us uh your thoughts on the santa anita derby and also um you know maybe where we can watch this race
4: yeah i just want to verify my dad is not tom watson the golfer <laughs> Nick
1: oh boy i'll be hearing about that one for some time yeah i, I well, gotta take shoot or shoot because i'll be shooting foul shots forever on that one
4: well i thought that was a humorous one on the show but you took the cake today there my man santa Anita, uh belmont day you're excused you need a belmont breeze and a manhattan and you'll be all right you'll be all right uh traditional belmont day but today santa Anita derby as mike said honor ap a nine to five, authentic, four to five. I think authentic might even go three to five with all the Bob Baffert, uh, money in California. And now all the gold in California, that song was made, named after Bob Baffert on this horse. Uh, both of them off three month layoff since the San Felipe, uh, just a rematch of that race. And as Mike said, there's some speed horses that could get out there. And uh, one of them's a Philly in this race, 15 to one shot, and a 15 to one, uh, if something happens with honor, AP, and authentic, you might want to take a, a little superfecta ten cent thing and add a fifteen to one filly called Anadora. Arkansas Derby she ran very well. Uh, I mean, blew the gate at the Arkansas Derby, but has a past that uh, can compete with the boys. So, yeah, a little filly in the uh, Santa Anita Derby trifecta or superfecta.
1: Use them there, and uh, yeah, authentic. Yeah, most. Uh that might be the most famous phone call involving watson since mr watson come here please <laughs> the first phone call ever made i want to talk a little bit about the gold cup here um, the 10th uh, race on the card this is going to be eight o'clock if, if you're looking for something to do on this saturday night the you know, Santa Anita may be the place to be. Uh, we heard from Victor about Midcourt, but Higher Power is the favorite in this race. Mike, it's it's only a six horse field. Ought to be pretty simple, huh?
7: It's not simple, but it's a it's a good field, a good a good small field. But um, it was very interesting what Victor had to say about Midcourt, the horse that apparently likes to do his own thing, but. Uh, I hope he does the right thing today, because I like him today I, I to be honest with you i don 't know why midcourt 's not the favorite instead of higher power to be honest with you, and I think at race time he may be, but I like midcourt to win this race uh but from you know because I was thinking that midcourt was going to go right to the lead, but from what Victor says he has no control over that apparently with this horse, but I like midcourt I like midcourt to to get out there and then i um uh, to come in second i i 'm thinking either improbable or tenfold. Uh, tenfold, will, of course, will have higher odds than improbable, but I like midcourt uh, sort of going wire to wire, and, and, and one of those two picking up the pieces for second place.
1: Derby, Bill, uh, we have the uh, Santa Anita Derby is the eighth race. Uh, the Gold Cup is the tenth race, so a, a pick three with a, a wide in the ninth race could be in order. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the race, the Hollywood Gold Cup?
4: Uh yeah the Hollywood Gold Cup historically is uh the tradition out there with Seabiscuit winning that race, skip away, real quiet, a firm, Cigar won this race, Lava Man. None of them horses out there today. This is a three horse race here, all about two to one. Mike has mid court, the front runner, uh trying to steal the race all the way from the front. And then high power um Came off the it was Pacific Classic. It ran with uh, nine to one in the Pacific Classic, in, uh, high powers in mid court, and this horse—a horse that just will scratch your head more than uh, Nick trying to figure out who my dad is. Improbable. It's the most head-scratching horse in the industry. It's only two to one in this race. So you got three horses about two to one, and I can't differentiate any of them. So that's why you uh, box things. So I box them all: high power, mid court, improbable, and a cheap trifecta. Because it's a good race to watch. Good, not a good race to bet.
1: Yeah. Also out at Santa Anita today, uh, and, and if, if our handicappers have a thought on this, uh, I'd ask them to chime in um, before we get to the next race. But the Santa Anita Oaks is a four-horse field uh, with uh, smiling. Uh, stories being a scratch the four, so it leaves a one, two, three, and five in the uh, Santa Anita Oaks. The odd thing is that Bob Baffert is ten to one in the Santa Anita Oaks, the last pick in a four-horse field. When do you ever see Bob Baffert as ten to one in a four-horse field uh, in a stakes race like that? So um, also want to look at Belmont Park, where racing returned this week, and the Carter Handicap is the feature today uh, at Big Sandy. Features a field of 11. Very challenging race. $250,000 grade one. Uh, let's go to Mike here. What are your thoughts on the Carter?
7: Well, first of all, you had a, a huge scratch this morning in the Carter. The horse that probably was going to be the post-time favorite, the two-horse performer, a little bit of an ankle injury, Shug he said it's not too serious, but uh, that that does not take away from the the power in this field. This field is, is incredible. Um, you, you have grade one winners such as Mind Control, grade two winners, Forens Fire, uh, Vekoma, Speedsters all over the place. Um, Forens Fire and Mind Control will t- probably take most of the money now that performers out of it. Neither one of them could win it. I'm actually looking at a horse that's eight to one on the morning line as a possible upsetter. Uh, sort of a new real good sprinter on, on the uh, on the scene, a Chad Brown horse by the name of Network Effect, saw his last race in Florida where he was uh, pretty powerful, and I just think he's, he's, he hasn't raced as much as some of these others, but I think he's a new one on the scene, and if you're looking for a, a little bit of a long shot either to win the race or maybe fill out your exact uh, number five Network Effect, and you've you, you got to include Mind Control and forens Fire in your, in your picks, I
1: think. Yeah. Wouldn't you think, Mike, that with the scratch, Ferens Fire benefits the most with uh, with maybe that speed and the inside gate?
7: Well, I mean, Ferens Fire—it's kind of—it's kind of interesting because Ferens Fire used to back in the day he used to like to come from off the pace. You know, he used to be a horse that always would come from off the pace. But in in recent recent history, you're you're absolutely right. He he, has—he—he's now is a horse that likes to be on or close to the lead. but you know, there's a few of the there's a few of those in this race. But yeah, you, you lose the speed of performer, so he he doesn't have to deal with that. But um, you know, I, I just think it's it, it's it's one of those races where you know even mind control. Mind control is another horse that he can do either. He he can be on the lead or he can come from off the pace. Same with Vakoma. You know, so you, it, 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 there's a lot of horses in this race that are very you know they have. I guess they call them trackability, where where the horse can either be on the lead or, or off the pace. So. So I don't necessarily think that anybody in this race will get an
4: easy lead, if that's what you're asking.
1: Sure. Yeah, Derby Bill, your thoughts on the uh, Carter handicap?
4: Uh, absolute best uh, betting race of the Pick Four, Pick Six, Empire Pick Six I had there today that might hit three million bucks. Uh, mind Control, Vakoma, fire, and even Mike's uh, the Ortiz brothers on two eight, an eight to one and a fifteen to one shot in here. So you're going to have to go deep to win the uh, Carter. I like Parenzi Fire and the scratch. I agree with you, Nick, for the first time in uh, si- since the 2002 Belmont Stakes. Performer was a big scratch <laughs> in this race, and it allows Freezing and Pryor to get out and go. So I'm going to use Freezing Fire Pryor probably in all my tickets here and uh, agree with you for once.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, how about that? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I- probably end up with ferenz fire actually get to play in live real time today so excited to do that also just to note plenty of stakes racing on the undercard code of honor is the favorite in the westchester at belmont park today get one more in here with the dogwood at churchill their feature race we're all across the country this morning um grade three uh mike your thoughts on the dogwood
7: my thoughts are that I haven't
1: even looked at it, so you'll <laughs> we'll have to move on to Derby Bill for this one. Okay, Derby Bill, let's, uh, as, you, as we're getting deep in some of these stakes races, have you had a chance to look at the Dogwood?
4: Roof! Roof! The Dogwood. We'll go with Edgeway. <laughs> you get that You get that from my uh, my puppy lock of the day, Edgeway in the Dogwood. And it'll pay for some Frank Frank Bestie Beat Cancer t-shirts will be available in a couple weeks.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're certainly uh, looking forward to that. Hey, want to thank everybody on a great show, uh, except for one minor mistake, and uh, appreciate you listening to us on off to the races this morning. Tune in next week. Live report from Middleburg. Want to thank everybody that was on board today: Steve Bick, Victor Espinosa, Trevor McCarthy, with and without his dad, Mike Brown, and. Derby, Bill Watson. I'm your host, Nick Hahn. We're looking forward to a great day of racing today. Check out the races today, and uh, we'll see you next week on Off to the Races, sponsored by the Racing Biz. When your
2: little life starts
1: tumbling, I got the money, you got the honey. Let's cut a deal, let's make a plan.
0: Your personal...